Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Good morning and welcome to Woman Lead Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I'm Melissa Washington, your host of Women, Veterans, and Business. Our show topic today is Soft Skills Zone, and our leading lady today is Emma Reynolds Middleton. Good morning, Emma. Good morning, Melissa. How are you today? I'm doing great, great. Thank you so much for, for being on here today, and I'm looking forward to chatting with you and, and learning more all about what, what you're doing, and, I'm, and I know our listeners here are as well. Um, so with, with all of our shows, for one, I'd like to thank you for your, your service um, and, and being here as well. And uh, with that, we, we want to we we go back a little bit to um, why you joined the military, and then we'll get into what you're, what you're doing today um, with that. So like I said, we're going to go back and talk about why you joined the military and then why you joined the Army. That is a great question. I can remember it as if it were yesterday. I was sitting in the library with another colleague when I was in college, and I was thinking at the time, after I had my meltdown, which I'll talk about, I was thinking about what can I do different? What can I do to distinguish myself from my colleagues who were also in college? And as I was sitting there brainstorming out loud, my friend that I was sitting there with suggested that I join ROTC. And I said to him, what is ROTC? Reserve Officer Training Corps, which I went through ROTC while I was in college. I was in school in Miami, so University of Miami. And fast forward, next thing you know, I'm on active duty in the Army as a finance officer. And that's how we got started. All right. And and why finance? Is that something of interest? Was that of interest to you? It relates to my degree. I have a bachelor's in business, a master's in business, a doctorate in business and leadership. And so finance was a good match for me, yes. Okay. So tell us a little bit about your your time in the Army as far as where you were stationed. I did four years active duty, and in those four years, I was stationed in Kansas. I spent a year plus overseas in Korea, and then also I did a year at Fort Leavenworth. I returned back here in Georgia. I'm based out of Atlanta, Georgia. And I did six years here in Atlanta in the reserves. Okay. So what what was your plan? So, you know, I'm always curious, too, you know, as we transition out of the military, like what, what, was, what was your plan at that time? 
what were you going to do when you got out the military? The, the military was a stepping stone for me in my plan for my professional growth and development. And with my background being in business and administration, I used those years to move into my first career after I transitioned out. I was at the Department of Labor working in the budget office. So I've always had that analytical focus professionally, and it continued to develop over time. Okay. So you got out, you went to federal government, worked for Department of Labor, still staying in that, that analytical role, right, of the, the, the finance. And so so with that, and then so how long were you with the so federal government, but you also did the state government as well? Department of Labor was state level. Okay. I was with the state government for about six years. I transitioned out of the workforce for some time to be a stay-at-home mom. When I relaunched back into the workforce, I was in the private sector for a short amount of time working in data analysis, and eventually I was able to work in the federal government at CDC Center for Disease Control. Okay. All right. So you did that. So you're, you're working, you know, with, um, for different companies. What what was it? What was that that deciding factor or what was happening that said, you know what, I'm going to start my own business? Well, I had been thinking about starting my own business perhaps 10 years ago. I've been in business now five years. And I was at this time 10 years ago, I was at CDC, Center for Disease Control. Everything was going well. I wasn't having any challenges on the job. However, my involvement in the community, which was that of teaching, was where I really found my passion. Although 20-plus years I had worked in data analysis, process improvement, budget and time management, those professions, what I really found my most satisfaction was the work that I was doing in the community. So while I was working full time over the years, over 20 plus years, I had always, and I'm still today, very connected in the the counties or the cities where I live and how I stay connected. Initially, I started out pro bono teaching, teaching the soft skills, and because I had seen how the soft skills benefited me over the years, and this was my way to give back to the community, give back to the youth, give back to young adults, and I continue to do that now. However, I have transitioned from the the pro bono to actually working full-time and what I've been doing over the past 20 years. So you went from pro bono, right, to end up starting your own your own business was that your yes. intent? Was that what like I'm gonna I'm gonna have this be my this gonna be my full time business? It naturally evolved. In fact, going back five years ago, still at CDC, still thinking because I came to a place in life, or maybe a stage, an age in life where I wanted more purpose. 
And although the work that I was doing in, in the state government, in the private sector, and federal government was rewarding, it still left that void that I was able to close that gap by teaching. And so it made sense to me to really take a, a leap of faith or a step of faith. In fact, I had received a promotion at the CDC, and I had to take time off. I took, I said, I need time to think about this before I say yes, because anytime you say yes to a, a promotion or a new opportunity in the workforce, you can commit yourself at least another three years. And so I had this conversation, this internal conversation that had been going on for some time, for years, and when I got this promotional opportunity, I took the time off to really evaluate my path, to really evaluate where I needed to be in order to come into a place of purpose, into a place of fullness. And after that short time, 24, 48 hours, I went back to work at the CDC, and I, I remember it, again, as if it were yesterday. I went to my director's office nodding my head in a no motion, indicating that I would not be able to take the promotion. And, in fact, instead of taking the promotion, I would be resigning instead. And I had that conversation with him mid-month. By the end of that same month, I had officially resigned and was the following month full-time at Soft Skills Zone, which I'm still today. That was a that was a big a big risk a big leap I'm sure fear um, for for you to do that to but then that that brings you to where you are today I mean you you did that and and to take that leap of faith and here you are and I I I want to talk about that too because you started in 2018 and that was you know pre pandemic and I and I want to get into talking about that too with you as far as I'm sure you know like many businesses have changed but um, I just need to take a quick moment to recognize one of our um, sponsors and partners. Uh, Women Lead Radio is brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner National University. National University is proud to be one of the largest private nonprofit universities founded in 1971. The National University mission is to provide accessible, achievable higher education to adult learners. Today, National University educates students from across the U.S. and around the globe with over 170,000 alumni worldwide. Thank you for your support, National University, and to all our sponsors and partners. All right, so we're back to women veterans in business, and with us today is Emma Reynolds Middleton. And she was just sharing with us how she took, she had her job at the CDC, decided not to take the promotion, and not even with that, she decided, you know what, I'm going to put my full effort, my full everything into soft skills zone. So that's what we're going to talk about because this, this is, I, I'm, it's very intriguing because these are so important just to have soft skills. But also, too, I want to talk about how your your business has evolved. You survived through covid um, with that, so let's let's go before COVID. Even we're 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 2018. You've got your you've got your your business. So who, who are who are your who are your customers at this time? 
at that time, I was providing training to, to colleges, working with the career centers and the students at the college, and I had started working locally, local government, city and county level. Those were my initial clients. So let's let's take it a step back because let's talk about soft skills because people may not even know you know there's soft skills hard skills what what are soft skills? Soft skills are really what today's employers require, and I use that word boldly from today's workforce. I say that because soft skills are those skills that are that demonstrates teamwork that demonstrates time management soft skills demonstrate professionalism and work ethics they are those key employability skills that today's employers require and i use that again because if you look at applications today's applications Three out of four, or 75%, 80% of job applications today are asking for those soft skills, communication skills, team building skills. So those are the soft skills. They're transferable across any industry, and those are the skills that will cause individuals to succeed in today's workforce. And are people, do people have these naturally soft skills? Is it something they learn? They have to be taught a little bit of everything? They have to be taught. And, in fact, that ties into our mission statement here at Soft Skills Zone, which is we spend our time investing in people to close the soft skill gap. So there is a gap between what today's job seekers have a, a mindset on what employers are asking for versus what employers actually want. So we provide the soft skill training. So for those individuals who have the technical hard skills, they may have a credential, they may have a certificate or degree or, or education, that's the hard skills. What we're doing, we're closing the gap. So in addition to having those hard skills, They'll have those soft skills, and now they're more well-rounded as they are either seeking employment or moving up the corporate ladder. Make, makes a lot of sense. What do you see? What is the, what is the biggest, um, I don't want to say gap in soft skills, but what's the most requested or what are people lacking the most in when it comes to a, a soft skill? It, it, I would say it depends on the, the entry point. In other words, if, it's, if, if someone's just starting out versus those that may have been in the workforce some time. So, for example, for those who are new to the work environment or may have zero to three, four years, the highest demand would be that of professionalism, work ethic, and communication. Now, there's a, a challenge with new hires 
In fact, studies show that within the first three years, there's a very high turnover, 60% turnover, because the lack of soft skills, not mm. showing up to work on time, not demonstrating professionalism and having that lack of communication. And then there's a whole other element when we're looking at the multi-generational workforce. Now we have five generations in the workforce, and each generation communicates differently. Again, it depends on the industry that we're looking at where communication is important. And, for example, when we're looking at the, the millennials and we're looking at the Gen Zers, which are the younger generation versus a more senior staff or leader, for example, a baby boomer, the communication is completely different. And so that's a huge gap that we are closing to make sure that these new hires are better equipped and prepared for the workforce. Absolutely. And I'm I'm going to take a guess that COVID has something to do with that as well. And you had to evolve your business, right? During That's during it. COVID, and, and so 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 walk us through it. What did that look like? I mean, COVID happens. What happens with your business? Are you continuing business? Are you changing your business model? What's happening during that? You know, the first you know year or two of COVID. During COVID, most businesses. Melissa, honestly, we're just trying to figure out how to stay afloat initially. And so, of course, training was not a high priority, and I understood that completely. And so that gave us an opportunity to look at how we were going to pivot because many businesses had to pivot voluntarily or involuntarily. And our greatest pivot was to evaluate the services we were providing, which were those key soft skills, and then look at how can we reach beyond the soft skills to have a more comprehensive offering. And that caused us to look at U.S. Department of Labor Registered Apprenticeship Program, which is a perfect fit for what we're doing. So how we use that time during the pandemic was developing the programs, which is a lengthy process, developing apprenticeship programs. I worked with a team of experts, and we used that time, a year, a year and a half, to develop the, the program schedules for apprenticeship programs, and we've been able to be vetted and registered with the U.S. Department of Labor, and now we have healthcare apprenticeship programs, specifically in phlebotomy and for CNAs, and next we're working on IT. And I can share more about that if that's one of your question as it relates to the apprenticeship program. Absolutely. So for those that are listening, so as, you know, for, so for me, you know, as an individual, Am I able to, is there something that I can go to your website for? And if so, how do I get your website if I'm looking just to help myself individually, or do I have to be a company um, to utilize your business services? Yes, individuals are more than welcome to take advantage of the training. 
One fine example would be the soft skill program, which is a four-part curriculum with classes in communication, professionalism and work ethics, team building, team building, and critical thinking. Now, yes, individuals can go to the website, softskillzone.com, and look under services just as a, a company and plug in based on their needs. And then if I were a business looking to bring you on to help with that, is I can also engage your services as well as a, as a company? Absolutely. The same process, and I would have a conversation with you, and, and we can bring your entire team through a training. In fact, one of the services, in addition to the soft skill program, is that we do provide training, professional development for staff on site. And so that is a part of our offerings as well. Okay. All right. So um, also with that too, what is the, um, so as, you know, as we've come out of COVID, do you see, do you see changes in, in people's, their soft skills? I mean, probably a lot of it's communication, right? I think things have changed too with communication. Um, do you see that more of, more people are in need of learning how to communicate? Absolutely. I was just looking at or listening to a, a podcast this week, and it talked about the uptick of depression. It talked about, and this is post-pandemic, the uptick of isolation and how it's becoming a, an epidemic. And so as a training provider, to me, that translates to the impact it's having to individuals, not only personally, but that impacts their performance on the job. And so the pandemic has been a, a challenge. And then also if we look at the remote work and how pre-pandemic Many organizations didn't have a handle on remote work, and now their teams are working remotely, and how that has impacted the organization. So there's a huge opportunity, and we are just looking to, again, close those gaps as we are on the quote-unquote other side of the pandemic. Yeah. And you mentioned so you do go on site. So you're not just remote. You can also go your team can also go on site to provide these services. That's correct. Yes. Okay. All right. So 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 you've you know we're almost end of, you know, 2023. What what's 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 in store for you for 2024? What what's on your agenda? Well, I mentioned the, the apprenticeship programs. We're going to be putting a lot of emphasis in apprenticeship programs because it's it, it now one point to mention, apprenticeships are not new. We, we know that. They're not new. However, in today's times, they are a viable option. They're a viable option because it is a partnership where there are the apprenticeships we, Soft Skills Zone, we are the sponsors of the program, and we are the training providers. And the third partner in that 
if you look at a triangle with the apprentices and then our part, the other part is the employer component. And so we are even today building those partnerships. Again, I mentioned healthcare. So we're building that partners so that when the apprentices are ready for the on-the-job component, we already have that partnership in place for that smooth transition for the apprentices. So that's a heavy emphasis that we're moving in to. Okay. Do you have any anybody as far as anything that um, whether it's a business you worked with or part, you know partnered with or an individual anything that stands out to you you know um, of over these last few years? What stands out to me, and actually, what is most is not as surprising now. It goes back to one of your first questions. What are soft skills? Because I'm a trainer, I, of course, I understand what soft skills are. However, I have discovered that there are quite, there's a large population of, of individuals who don't understand that language, what are soft skills. And so we make sure that we define it in the most simplest terms to where there's a connection in what we're talking about, and we don't make any assumptions when we're talking about soft skills because we want to make sure that not only they understand what soft skills are by definition, but that they understand why they need the soft skills. And that's that's a definite great point, and I'm sure a lot of people are kind of that are listening are having that aha that aha moment there. Um, and, and believe it or not, we're getting close to coming to the end of our show. I know it goes by very quickly, and this has been very informative. Um, so you can just, um, just share one more time. What's the best way for um, people to get a hold of you or your website? Yes, the website it's Soft Skills Zone. So the website is softskills with an S zone dot com. Our phone number is six seven eight five two four three three four three. And if you'd like to speak with me directly, I'm Emma Reynolds Middleton, the CEO and founder here at Soft Skills Zone. My email is Emma at softskillszone dot com. Fantastic. So as we're coming to the end of our our show, is there anything you would like to leave us with or something that you wanted to to share? What I would like to leave the audience with is going back to why I started Soft Skills initially. It was my own fault or my own challenge that I had going back to my college years when I was giving a speech and I actually froze at that time. And so it was at that moment back in the 80s when I decided that I was not going to live in fear for the rest of my life. And by nature, I'm an introvert 
And also, I'm a STEM professional. All of this goes against the grain. (laughs) 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 So I said the same. I've had to overcome some challenges myself, and now I am in a very good position to help you overcome challenges as well. The work you're doing, it's a, it's so so needed, and, and I'm so glad um, that you're you're my guest today, Emma. And I I thank you for your service and your continued service to to our, your community, our community. Um, with that, and so believe it or not, that's our show for today. So I'd like to thank Emma for being our leading lady today, and a special thanks to all our listeners, both in the U.S. and internationally, as we are an international show. After our show today, you can listen to Women Lead Radio on all subscription podcasts, specifically Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. We're expanding quickly to a daily show and podcast. So for now, we'll be back again for another live Woman Lead Radio show on Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific. It's been my sincere pleasure to be your host today. Thank you for listening and have a great week. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com.